0: Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick or the Notorious Fantasy. And in today's video, we're gonna be going in depth into my week number six tight end start or sit decisions for the 2023 fantasy football season. Inside today's video, we're gonna be going through every single matchup from Thursday night all the way until Monday night football, and I'll be telling you guys whether I think you should start or sit the tight ends in every single game. But before we could get down into things, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you do end up enjoying today's video, then please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. And While you're down there, whether you are new to the channel or not, please make sure to leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter or X, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. And without further ado, let's get in to my week number six, tight end, start or sit decisions for the 2023 fantasy football season. We begin with the Denver Broncos at the Kansas City Chiefs on Thursday night football in Arrowhead. Now, Travis Kelsey is still dealing with that non-contact ankle injury that he suffered in last week's game up against the Minnesota Vikings and is currently listed as questionable for the week. Honestly, if I was Andy Reid, the Kool-Aid man on the sideline, what I would do is tell Kelsey to calm down a little. Hey, pal, sit on the bench this week or stay home, you know, go hang out with your girls Tay-Tay Swizzle, and then next week or the week after, you can come back and play, right? This is a Super Bowl team. This is a team that could easily win the Super Bowl this year. So there's no real need to rush Travis Kelsey back and have him play, especially in a game up against the Denver Broncos. The Broncos have not beaten the Chiefs since the Sheriff, Peyton Manning, was the starting quarterback of the team. This should be a cakewalk for the Chiefs. But he's probably going to end up playing. And if he plays, you are 100% going to start him. He's been a top eight tight end in every single game he has started this season. He is still, even in his elder years, the best tight end in the National Football League. Greg Dolchich is destined to return or designated to return. I think destined sounds a little bit better. From IR, since it is a short week, though, on Thursday Night Football, even if he does play, I would expect him to play in a limited fashion. Adam Troutman would technically be the starter in that scenario. And outside of week one, Adam Troutman has been flopping like a trout out of water. So ultimately, Greg Dulcich, Adam Troutman, both of these guys are clear sits. Even if Dolchich doesn't play, I don't want anything to do with Troutman. Next up, we move to the Baltimore Ravens at the Titans, the Tennessee Titans in London. Now, Mark Andrews had a down game last week up against the Pittsburgh Steelers for Mark Andrews standards, right? He was the tight end 11. There are tight ends that we're to talk about in today's video that it would be a red panty night, right? If they were the tight end 11 in fantasy football, right? The best they've ever done. But when you're Mark Andrews, when you're one of the best tight ends in the National Football League, tight end 11 is a little bit disappointing. But there is, in my opinion, zero reason to panic. The Tennessee Titans have one of the worst pass defenses in the NFL, and I think Mark Andrews gets freaky in the end zone In London Town. For the other side, we got Chig Okonkwu. Best game of the year last week against Indy as the tight end 17. Now, he did get nine targets. Even against a Ravens defense, that's a little bit suspect. I believe Chig is best left on the bench. We've been talking about this all year. The Titans game plan entering into every single game is to run the ever-living shit out of the ball. Try to stiff arm the defense in the Middle Earth and have Derrick Henry, Tractor Sido himself, go absolutely nuclear. Now, once they get in the game and they're getting smacked around a little bit, then they have to try to throw with Tannehill and Tannehill hasn't been the best This season, If the Titans had a better quarterback and were maybe not a team that loved to run the ball as much as they do, then I think Chig would be a much safer option, especially if they didn't have DeAndre Hopkins, but DeAndre Hopkins has looked pretty good this season, looked really good last week, so ultimately, Chig should be left on your bench. Next up, we move to the beginning of the real Sunday slate, game number three, the Washington Commanders at the Atlanta Falcons, and there are... Three tight ends that I like in this game. Logan Thomas has been downright incredible this season for the Washington Commanders. Now, he is the tight end 11 on the season in PPR, despite missing one game with that concussion. Obviously, missed the end of the Broncos game and then missed the next game with the concussion. Last week, up against the Chicago Bears, this man was the tight end 4 with 9 receptions for 77 yards and a touchdown. Now, I get you could suit up as the tight end for any team going up against the Bears and have a great fucking performance. So, obviously, I don't expect that Logan Thomas is going to take the handcuffs out right and dominate 50 Shades of Grey style the same way up against the Atlanta Falcons defense, but he should be able to crack the top 12 with top 8 upside. Eric Bieniemy really has this offense humming at a really high degree. Sam Howell looks really good, so I feel pretty confident in Logan Thomas. For the rest of the season. And this is a guy that might be on your waiver wire right now. In one of my home leagues. That is a super flex league. He is actually available. Now I already have Higby and Jake Ferguson. So I didn't really feel like making any changes there. But there's going to be leagues where Logan Thomas is still available. Even though he was a hot commodity on the waiver wire this week. Kyle Pitts and Janu Smith are both starts for me on the week. Up against the commander's defense. Finally, the team feeds Kyle Pitts. With that said, 11 targets for 7 receptions and 87 yards against the Texans. The real question is, what do I have to do? Do I have to give Arthur Smith the gawk gawk 9,000 to get Kyle Pitts to score a fucking touchdown? Because he has zero on the season. I still don't feel overwhelmingly safe, right? Kyle Pitts doesn't feel like wrapping a condom over your team and throwing him into the lineup because we all know he could have a dud fucking performance this week and get you five points. Even in a very ideal matchup against the commander's defense that Cole Komet just went nuclear on. So, even though I don't feel super safe with him, the upside is is astronomical. Janu Smith at this point, even with Pitt's dominant performance last week, Smith has been the safer bet weekly as a top 16 tight end in three straight games. He's going to see anywhere from six to eight targets weekly. And I'll give Desmond Ritter a little bit of the flowers, you know, not a full bouquet, just a couple of flowers, right? And say, hey, you know what? Desmond Ritter in good situations can actually look like a competent NFL quarterback. So at the end of the day, I would definitely start Kyle Pitts over Janus Smith, but I feel much more confident in Janu Smith compared to Kyle Pitts in terms of safety. Next up, we move to the cold Lake, Minnesota Vikings at the Chicago Bears. We just talked about Cole Komet, but we'll talk about him again. Limited in practice on Wednesday with a hamstring injury, but I do not believe that will have impact on his play on Sunday. Again, I'm as much of a doctor as Johnny Sin, so this is something you're going to need to monitor as the week goes on, but I do think he'll be good to go on Sunday. Top 10 tight end in back-to-back weeks with the Bears offense clicking with the Bears offense looking on fire NBA Jam style. I'm going to say it right now. Cole Komet is a must-start tight end up against a not-so-hot Minnesota Vikings defense. TJ Hawkinson has had two semi-down games in a row, but there is not a single better matchup to get back on the saddle, yeehaw, than up against the Bears. This matchup is beautiful, it's a wet dream matchup, and Hawkinson should reclaim his role on top of the Iron Throne as a top three fantasy tight end, plus Jefferson is now on the IR. No Jefferson means even more targets for TJ Hawkinson. Next up, we move to the Seattle Seahawks at the Cincinnati Bengals, and we are going to keep this one incredibly short. Shout out to Kyler Murray, Seahawks at Bengals. Now, For Noah Fant, I still think this guy is a talented NFL tight end in Denver. There was a lot of people giving him the Suka LaMink, right? Giving him the Sucky Sucky. A lot of people were like, Noah Fant didn't really do too much in Denver, but he was a great player in college, right? Has all of the ability to be a great tight end at the NFL level. But Seattle uses Noah Fant, Kobe Parkinson, and Will Disley every single week, which makes their tight ends impossible to start in fantasy. Even though Noah Fant looked real chippy with... Orscock drew Lock under center against the Giants in their last game. there on bye last week. Irv Smith, even without Teehee Higgins last week. Higgins still up on the air if he plays this week against the Cardinals last week. Smith saw a grand total of, drumroll please, zero fucking targets. Joe doesn't use the tight end unless it's CJ Uzama. CJ, who's your mama? CJ Uzama. And uh, that guy's on the Jets now. Next up, we move to the San Francisco 49ers at the Cleveland Browns. Now, I know people were starting to panic. They were starting to get a little bit nervous, like when you saw Jason Voorhees, right, about George Kittle. Oh, my God, George Kittle's been sucking it up big time in my lineup, Nick. What the fuck is wrong with George Kittle? Well, I told... Everyone and their mother entering into this fantasy football season that I wasn't the most keen on George Kittle Because of how hit or miss he is this is a guy that he is either a top three tight end on the week or or the tight end 25 or worse. So this guy is a landmine, right? He's either dropping that landmine, 25 kill streak, fucking tactical nuke on your opponent, or he's bending you over the table without the use of any lube and getting you like four fucking fantasy points. At the end of the day, though, that upside came alive like fucking Frankenstein last week. Tight end one against the Dallas Cowboys with three touchdowns on three catches. Now, they are appearing to fine George Kittle because he lifted his shirt up and it said fuck Dallas on it. I think that's pretty funny. I don't think they should find him for that. They're saying they might not find him, which is even crazier because George Kittle, there's kids watching, man, and it says fuck the Cowboys. Meanwhile, Tyreek wasn't wearing socks, and they find him $7,000. I think that's a little fucked up, NFL. Uh, David Njoku did miss practice today with a shoulder injury. His availability is up in the air. If he misses, then Jordan Atkins, the Pokemon Snake, will be the starting tight end, who I would definitely sit. Seems like Watson could miss, but if I'm being honest with you, DTR, who would be the starting quarterback, was feeding Njoku the ball the last time out. So even in a tougher matchup due to that fact, he would crack my lineup. Next up, we move to the Carolina Panthers at the Miami Dolphins. If you guys have enjoyed today's video so far, make sure you hit that subscribe button, hit that like button down below. It does help me out a ton this is another one where we can keep it short and sweet, right? Hayden Hurst, I've said this every single week for the Panthers tight end, or at least for the last, like, three weeks. That tight end two performance in week one against Atlanta, where he scored Bryce Young's first ever touchdown, and then he, like, threw it away into the crowd, and then the Panthers probably had to pay some guy, like, two racks to get the ball back. That was as Fugazi, Awazi Awuzi as it gets. He's yet to crack the top 20 since then, so... Don't play Hayden Hurst. Pretty simple. Durham, Smythe, this is another sentiment that I've kind of been saying all season. Smythe is a good NFL tight end, which doesn't directly correlate to being a good fantasy tight end. Eventually, he will have a solid game like he did in week one, right? He could find pay dirt in any given week, score that touchdown because he's he's out there in the red zone. But I'm thinking he's going to get cucked slightly by Chase Claypool. And again, just because he's a good tight end, he's out there blocking for Tua, keeping Tua safe back there, wrapped in a Trojan condom. Thurham Smythe ultimately isn't that fantasy viable next up we got the Indianapolis Colts at the Jacksonville Jaguars and anyone who is praying for the downfall of Evan Ingram finally they succeeded he finally had a game outside of the top seven at the tight end last week as the tight end 20 against the Buffalo Bills in London with that said he still had eight targets which he has had in four straight games there is no need to panic plus we could just be like oh that was a fluke right it was it was Fugazi because it was in London you know, I know he was the tight end seven, I believe, the week prior against the Falcons in London, but hey, he was in London, throw it out of there, he was missing his family, he wasn't as in the game. That's what we'll say. So don't worry about Evan Ingram. Very interesting that the Jags would go to London for two weeks in a row, and they elected not to take a bye week this week. I know the buys are just given to you, but I believe when you have to go to London, Germany, Mexico City, then they end up... Asking you, hey, do you want to buy after this game or not? So not taking the bye week's a little bit crazy, but I don't know. Maybe they'll be fine. Who knows? They should be fine. Uh, Kylan Grantson of the Indianapolis Colts. After his first two weeks on top of the world, hey, he has spiraled back down to earth. Doesn't appear that Gardner loves the tight end. He's no Kanye. He doesn't love some fat ass, but... It is what it is, even in a mid-matchup against the Jags, right? The Jags aren't the best defense ever. I would not start Kylan Grantson. Next up, we got the New Orleans Saints at the Houston Texans. Taysom Hill feels as though he is going to be the starting tight end this week since I think Jawan Johnson is going to be out. That would also leave Jimmy Graham in the mix of things, right? You might see Jimmy Graham magically score a fucking touchdown and then do his signature jump up and then throw the ball, slam dunk it in because he played basketball through the uh, field goal post. Everyone knows that though, but maybe you don't know because Jimmy Graham hasn't really been prevalent in the NFL for a while. If you're a new NFL fan, that's an interesting tidbit of information for you. That was just jammed into your head like a lobotomy a couple of years ago when Jimmy Graham was a more prevalent tight end. Taysom is essentially three or 15 points every single week and you'll never know when it's actually going to come that he has the big game. He hasn't had it yet this season, but... I feel like he will eventually. Dalton Schultz is a start for me. Tight end six in back-to-back. Michael Jordan, 96, 97 weeks, 10 targets last week. Don't think the heater will necessarily continue since the Saints defense is good, but they aren't amazing against the tight end. So I definitely think Schultz could crack the top 12, but I don't think there's going to be another dominating performance, dominatrix style up against the Saints like it has been for the last two weeks for Mr. Dalton Schultz. But... Big butt. Shout out, Kim Kardashian. There might not be any Tank Dell here, which would give a little bit more leeway to see Schultz get more targets. I would at least think so. Next up, we move to the New England Patriots at the Las Vegas Raiders. Michael Mayer had his most targets of the year with three last week. Jimmy Galapolo, Jimmy G-Spot, Jimmy Pornstar just doesn't use a tight end in this Raider system. So you sit him every single week, you don't even have to think about it. Hunter Henry is close to being a start, but the problem is I just don't trust the Patriots offense worth shit. I think they've been outscored like three to seven gazillion over the last two games. This is a bad team. Bill Belichick is on the hot seat and even up against the Raiders defense that most games is absolute dick cheese. There is no way I feel confident in Hunter Henry. Next up, we move to the Arizona Cardinals at the Los Angeles Rams. But before we break down this game more in depth at the tight end position, I would like to ask that if you guys have ended up enjoying they hit that subscribe button, hit that like button. And I would like to give you guys a quick word for our friends and our sponsor over at underdog fantasy. Underdog fantasy is the best place to play NFL Pick'em in the whole entire universe. And Underdog has a great offer for you guys today that we we'll gonna be talking about in just a couple of seconds. If you don't know what Underdog Fantasy's Pick'em is and you don't know how it works, I will explain to you guys real quick. You need to make at least two picks from their player Pick'ems in any given game. You can do just Sunday. In today's video, we are going to do Thursday Night Football. So up against the Kansas City Chiefs, I do feel as though the Denver Broncos are going to have to throw the ball a decent amount. So we're going to go with higher than 219 and a half passing yards for Russell Wilson. And then we're going to scroll down because you need at least one player from each team. And then we're going to go with Isaiah Pacheco, higher than 73 and a half rushing yards. The Denver Broncos defense cannot stop anyone running the Rocks. You need to least two picks. If both of these hit, you will get three times your entry fee. If you want to do three picks, it is six times, four picks is 10 times, and five picks is 20 times your entry fee. Again, every single pick has to hit. You can even match these with the early game on Sunday or any of the games on the Sunday slate. If you guys are new to underdog fantasy and live in any of these states that are on your screen right now, if you use promo code Notorious, you will get a first match deposit bonus of up to $100. So you deposit 100, they give an additional 150, an additional 50, 25 additional 25. The minimum deposit on Underdog Fantasy is ten dollars again. Promo code Notorious, or click on the link in the video description. If you have a gambling problem, please make sure that you call 1 800 GAMBLER. Back on into things, Cardinals at LA Rams now. Zach Ertz has been very reliable all season aside from week three against Dallas. He is a guy, here's a guy, that I am very confident in week in and week out. I know Dobbs definitely looked like shit last week, like, let's call a spade a spade. He didn't look great, but I think he looks better against the Rams. Again, I'm not saying that the Rams are like some dick cheese defense. But the Rams are a great matchup for tight ends to expose, so I think Zach Ertz should be in the start column this week. And again, it feels very safe to throw him in your lineup. Tyler Higbee was down bad last week up against the Philadelphia Eagles as the tight end number 29, though I'm not going to panic completely, right? It's not full on Mayday, Mayday, wee-woo, wee-woo, wee-woo. But... His upside is limited slightly by the fact that Cup has returned, and obviously they throw the ball to Puka Nakua seven gazillion times a game as well. But they should be able to move the ball more efficiently, more effectively up against a bad Cardinals defense, thus giving Higby more touchdown upside, which is something he has been lacking this season. But I will note with Cup back, the Higbee stonks, you know, the people used to stonks, if you guys remember that. But the Higby... Value has has been dwindling, like the itsy bitsy spider going down the water spout. Next up, we got the Philadelphia Eagles at the New York Jumbo Jets in Gotham MetLife. Dallas Goddard. There was people in my comments. Nick, uh, I'm gonna cut Dallas Goddard. Nick, I fucking can't stand this guy. I drafted him in the seventh round, and he keeps fucking me over. Oh my god. Oh my god, Nick. What do I do? I said, Hey everyone, don't fucking panic. Don't be worried. Don't you worry. Don't you worry, child. But I know people probably cut him. Um, And then Goddard went crazy last week. Eight catches for 117 yards and a touchdown. Something light. The Jets aren't the best at stopping the defense. Stopping the defense. They aren't the best at stopping the tight end position. And I will continue to roll out the starting tight end for one of the best offenses in the NFL. Again, I get he's not as safe as I thought he would be every single week going into the season. I get it. I was definitely wrong on Goddard. He was a guy that I wasn't really drafting because I didn't like just drafting some super safe tight end. Like, I'd rather... I was taking shots on Pitts over Goddard, which uh, that also ended up being probably wrong too. But it is what it is. Goddard maybe might not be as safe as we initially thought going into the season, but he still has a whole lot of upside in one of the best offenses in the NFL. And that's an offense that, in my opinion, hasn't even hit its peak. Like, I think this offense is going to eventually just solidified himself as a top offense in the NFL. I know they already kind of are, but it doesn't feel like people are talking about him that way, and it doesn't even feel like they have hit that spot. But again, there's so many shit teams in the NFL. Like, you compare the Eagles offense to the Jets offense, it's like comparing a fucking supermodel to some ugly woman. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to think of some type of... Uh, like, comparing Tommy Fury, that's a good-looking man. Jimmy Garoppolo, that's a good-looking dude to me, right? Right? Jimmy Garoppolo looks way better than I do, but uh, that's all I got to say. Jimmy Garoppolo's a a good-looking man. We all know that, though. Tyler Conklin, tight end 13 last week against the Broncos. Seems like him and Wilson have a solid rapport. The Eagles' defense is not so good against the tight end, and the Eagles' defense definitely feels like they're not where they should be at this point of the season, but it seems like they're getting a little bit better. So Conklin is, like, the last guy in. Like, you know when you're watching March Madison, it's, like, the last four in, right? He's the last guy in. Now, it doesn't mean that in the next three games, there's no more starting tight ends that I want to start, right? But he would be the tight end 18 right now in my rankings. Now, again, things adjust as the week goes on. Rankings should be out tonight on the Patreon or early tomorrow. So make sure you guys check that out. $7.50 if you want it. And I answer every single question on there with some speed, some hesitancy, right? Trying to answer hesitancy. With some quick speed to try to answer your questions. Next up, we move to the Lions at the Bucks. Now, Sam Laporta just literally shoved his cock down the throat of the Panthers defense last week. Tight end five last week, scoring not one but two tugs, and has been ultra reliable all season long. Even with Amon Ra potentially returning and the matchup being a little bit suspect because the Bucks defense definitely good at the against the tight end. You still have to start Sam Laporta. The guy is on fire. He's only had one game outside the top eight at the tight end position this year. Cade Otten is another one of these guys. He's a sit, but we kind of say this every week, right? Otten is a good tight end, but is in a situation with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, John White, with a lot of guys that are higher in the pecking order than him. So if you threw Cade Otten onto a team with... Less options, right? If K. replaced Sam Laporta. Now, obviously, I'd rather have Sam Laporta as the Lions if I was a Lions fan, right? But if Cade Otten was on the Lions, he'd probably be a top 12 tight end every week. That is just not the case in Tampa. So, again, I'm not trying to minimize how good Laporta is. If you guys were watching the offseason, I was one of the biggest Laporta guys. I was banging the drum for him every single week. So I'll take full um, acclaim all of the greatness from that one. But yeah, I do I do like Sam Laporte a ton. But again, dot in a different situation would be a lot better for fantasy and more reliable, right? He's going to have these good games. It's just you can't really be confident in starting him unless it's like a bye apocalypse, right? And there's like 13 teams on bye, right? But there's not. It's just the Packers and the Pits. Berg Steelers. Next up, we move to cause you waited all day for Sunday night. But she didn't wait all day for Sunday night because this matchup reeks to high fucking heaven. Darren Waller is a start, but he did not practice on Wednesday with a groin injury. Has been banged up all season. So I just assume that he ends up playing. The Bills aren't great against the tight end, though so I will note that he's risky since Daniel Jones may or may not play. And the fact that the Giants offense is just fucking awful. But again, I'm still starting Darren Waller, but my confidence level is pretty low. He got 11 targets last week, so hopefully they feed the beast in a game where they are going to be getting smacked around. For the Buffalo Bills, Dalton Kincaid, at this point, I'm kind of just done with him. It's like Andy with uh, Woody. I don't want to play with you anymore, right? He fucking throws Woody onto the ground in Toy Story. I'm just done with him. He hasn't scored all season, I get. Oh, my God, Nick, he's playing the Giants. He's going to score this week. You're going to look like a fucking asshole, Nick. Get the dunce cap out, pal. Maybe. Maybe. But him and Knox are just, it's not a symbiotic relationship, man. They're just fucking eating at each other. They're punching each other, beating each other down. It's like those fights in Russia where it's two guys inside of a, uh, what is that called? A phone booth. And they're like you're play- like the fucking Sopranos. Like there's a goddamn phone booth out there anymore. I haven't seen a phone booth in years since I was a kid. Now, oh my God, Nick, you're so young. I'm 24, so I have used a payphone before. There used to be one down uh, by the lake where I live on, and I would uh, all... My house on there when I was out biking with my friends. So I've used one of those before. But yeah, they they the analogy stands, right? They are just eating each other away. Knox got paid. Kincaid's a first round pick. It just doesn't work for fantasy. Even in a wet dream matchup, we are sitting him down. Same thing goes with Knox. Final game here, Dallas Cowboys at the LA Chargers on Monday night. Football. Gerald Everett definitely has more upside week in and week out without Mike Williams, but the matchup in itself is a clear reason to stay away from. I know Kittle went, just bent him over a table last week, but again, there's a big difference, big difference between the 49ers offense and the Chargers offense. Jake Ferguson, Fergalicious. Has been relatively reliable all season. Shocking. The Chargers aren't actually bad against the Titans. They're actually pretty decent. Assuming the Cowboys offense plays better though, right? And isn't just dead in the water like they were last week. Ferguson is definitely startable. This week, thank you guys all so much for watching. If you did end up enjoying today's video, make sure you hit that subscribe button down below as well as hit that like button. Today's video was a flu game. I'm not, I don't actually have the flu, but I went to the doctor earlier. I have an ear infection and the lady like looked in my ear and she's like, (gasps) she's fucking perplexed. 'Cause apparently it was it's really bad. So my ear was hurting all video, but you know, I, I prevailed for you guys because I love you guys. Thank you guys so much for twenty nine thousand subscribers. None of this is possible without you. So huge round of applause for all you guys. I, I love you guys so much, genuinely. Without you guys, this is impossible. I love you guys so much. Um Don't want to get emotional on here, but thank you guys for everything. Because again, without you guys, none of this is possible. I appreciate you all. Uh, Let's have a great week. Number six. Tomorrow, we will be back, 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 back with another video running back rankings. And then later at night, we are going to be streaming prior to Thursday Night Football. Again, I love you guys all so much. If you're new, hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button. Check out one of the videos on your screen right now. Have a great one. As always, good boy.